Della Vadova. Prigioni with the steal. Paul's trying to beat him off the dribble. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Priggy Smalls Pod. I'm one of the co-hosts, Steve Thomas, and I'm here with my other co-host, Luke Ndibiru. What's up? Uh... You know, today uh, we're discussing uh, our weekly uh, Knicks recap, uh, and we are have our three things that we've noticed going on in the NBA. So, uh, to recap, uh, did you get to watch the the, the Laker Knicks game today? Uh, I did not get to watch the highlights, but I just, I looked at like I, just, I saw Obi Toppin's stat line. That's it. Why? <laughs> Why out of everybody? Because. Uh, <laughs> I was say I was um curious why like um if we're using our bench players enough because I haven't really been watching Nick highlights a whole lot so I wasn't sure if Dibs was like not playing the young guys or if it's just I don't know I was trying to find a reason why we're losing so much. <laughs> yeah, like this game, like Obi got twenty two minutes. It was, it was it, because Julius got into foul trouble really early in the fourth. Yeah, I saw the Bulls game. He only played 13 minutes, but like then again, Randall was going off that game too. So like, I can understand why uh, yeah, Obi was, didn't play. Yeah, he was going off. Like Randall, I mean, his bad Salon looks bad now, but like during the game, he was like it like felt good. He like felt really. He I know he always plays with a chip on his shoulder when he plays against like his former teams, like especially LA. Like he's oh, gonna yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. He always likes playing like with a chip on his shoulder. Or, like takes that shit personally, as he should. They threw him to the side when they knew that LeBron James was coming. So, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good game. Evan yeah. Fournier, man, this dude, yeah, dude. eight forty-two. He's played forty-two minutes, bro. Eight of fourteen from the field, six of nine oh, from downtown. Made four, uh, four of his free throws. All of his free throws. He had two assists, and he had. Uh, four rebounds. Wait, I'm sorry. The audio cut in and out for me. I wasn't sure so if I talked you... over you or anything. <laughs> no, what did you, uh, what just the last thing I, you heard me say? Oh, I was just, um, I was saying that I don't like how, like, Randall is playing, like, 35, 36 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, what, what's, like, let me, let me see. What's RJ's minutes right now? Like, RJ's at 32 minutes. That's fine, I guess. But, like, Rand- and RJ's struggling, too. He's got to, he's got to get it together. But, um, like, Randall's, like, he shouldn't be playing 35, 36 minutes a game. I feel like we should be utilizing our bench more. And I really feel like we need, we need a legit 3 and D wing. I'm sorry, man. We're, I, we're, we're, we really miss Reggie Bullock right now, I feel like. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could start seeing the, the Reggie Bullock miss. Because they definitely need a, another stopper on defense, especially, like, you were just referencing, we were talking about the Chicago game prior to the recording, and, like, definitely during the Chicago game, like, we definitely could have used him because, like, um, RJ definitely did a good job on um, on Levine. But the problem was, like, DeMar was going off in the in the fourth, and they just couldn't slow him down. It just didn't matter. It wasn't even that, like, yeah, yeah. And it's not, like, DeMar was, like, it wasn't like he was just getting wide open shots. He was hitting like tough like threes. He was hitting tough mid range shots. So yeah. like when you put like a Fournier or someone who's like littler on him, like you're not really gonna get you're not gonna defend that. It's almost like trying to guard KD at that point. Right? Like it's like no matter what you do, he can either out athletic you like out like what's the word? He has more athleticism than you 
or he can either like shoot over he's you. Stronger so than you. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's stronger than him. Yeah, so. but like, it's tough. Man. It's it's like, I wish we could find a three and D wing who isn't bad on who isn't like a huge like liability on offense, like the way Bullock could be with the ball handling. But like his defense was like something I really miss right now, just because of how he hustled and and um, how he like tried to stick to his defender no matter what. Yeah. I definitely, uh, yeah, I'm starting to see it more. It's just like, I wonder, I guess they'll wait. Obviously, they're going to wait till like the trade deadline towards the trade deadline and seeing where they are in terms of positioning and shit. But, mm. um, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been watching too much, so I'm not sure how the chemistry is between Randall and RJ. But, um, like, I'm, uh, I don't want to say I feel like RJ should shoot more. Because, like, I'm looking at his box scores from, like, November 5th. Like, he was 8 of 21 against Milwaukee. He was 6 of 20 against Philly. He's 1 of 9 against Charlotte. Like, he's – I feel like he needs to – um. he just needs to hit more shots at this point. Mm. Like, he, he can't be – like, right now he's averaging, like – he was averaging 17 points, Um, I want to say, like, a week and a half ago. And then now he's at, like, 14 points on, like, 39% from the floor. So, like, that's not that's that's not really, like, a good stat line. Like, right now, it looks like he's regressed this season. On offense, at least. Defensively, I think he's fine. very, like, inconsistent with his offense, man, you know? Mm. He has got, like, you know, he worked all season on, like, his getting, improving his bag. But, like, at the same time, it's just, like, it's so hard to prove it when you're, like, not the number one, like, guy in the offense. You know? I was just about to ask you, do you think that uh, Thibs should, like, run more plays for RJ? Definitely should run some more plays for RJ. Definitely should is he run like, more. Is he, like, not making an effort to do that? I don't know if it's, it's just, like, it just seems like sometimes uh, the starting lineup doesn't know what what to do in terms of, like, an offensive scheme. Like, they'll run dribble handoffs, but, like, like I want... Like, this was one game I was, like, really happy. They put the ball in Fournier's hands a lot more often. I was just like, this dude could cook if you let him. If you let him heat up just a little bit and then, like, like you, and you go through the pacing of the game, he's, like, not he's not a bad playmaker. He's a good facilitator. Like, like. Is this the Lakers game you're talking about? Yeah, I was just, like, watching it. I was just like, dude, this guy, like, he, like you just have to, like, you have to enable him. And I just feel like Thibs is not enabling his guys, you know? So, mm. It's just about enabling. Like, look, bro, yo, Kemba took six shots, bro. Only six shots. He was two of six from the field today. I don't, know, played, if I don't played know if it's... I don't know Only played 23 minutes. Like... Those numbers got to be up, man. I need Kemba to be a lot more aggressive. I understand. I'm like, we keep going over the same fucking point over and over. Like, how many times has this guy? Like, I need you to be aggressive, man. We brought you here to be Kemba Walker. I don't need you to be like a guy who just shoots, like, just shoots from downtown. Like, I, I would have just signed up to get Lonzo. Then I need you to be a little more aggressive. So yeah, I think the problem is what. Um... What Thibs wants in a point guard, he might need to combine with two players. So, like, yeah. that, someone who's going to be aggressive, you need to make plays for RJ with that. Just because Kemba's not going to do that because he's, you know, he's coming off that injury and he's old, too. But he can, he's like, he's more of like a finesse kind of guy at the he, rim at this point. I won't shit on him too much. He did have five assists today, so. 
That's all right, pretty, I guess. It's not crazy for his yeah. standard. Just like what he's not doesn't average. That's that what he had. He averages like five. I mean, he averaged five in Charlotte when he was like yeah, the main guy in offense. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's, that's a good. solid. That's a solid like assist. Yeah, good. Listen, I just want you to facilitate the ball. You know, get your shots when you have them, and be aggressive when you feel you have to be aggressive. But don't be too passive. Like being passive actually hurts the team. It doesn't really. It doesn't help. Like you can't be overly aggressive, but you can't be overly passive either. And I feel like he's doing. He's being overly passive. Mm. So I I need him to figure it out. Like I need him to talk to the team and just be like, listen, like I, what do you guys want me to do? Like, do you want me to start handling the more ball more often? Because it's just like. It's the same shit like last year, man. Like, like they give it the ball to Randall, and then it's just like standstill offense. Like, come on, we have playmakers now. Like, I need people are shitting on Evan Fournier. It's just like we're like no one's shitting on Kemba Walker though, right? But I no, think yeah. Evan Fournier is gonna get the blunt of the blame, blame because they paid him a lot. So mm. that's the thing with that's the thing with Kemba though. We expected him to be like. We ex- we still expect him to play like a good like veteran NBA player, even though he's getting paid like like shit. You know, he's getting paid a minimum. But yeah, um, the whole point is for him to play like at least serviceable. You can't be playing like this inconsistent type of basketball. And honestly, like I think we both talked about this like during the off season when we saw the Knicks like signings. But we seriously need to like find an offensive coach. Like, I remember you mentioned we need to find someone from, like, preventing Thibs from getting in his own way. And that's exactly, exactly what's happening right now, Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, figuring out, like, what to do on – what to do, you know. I don't know. Um, Obviously, it's still so early, and they're 10-8, and 8, so it's not like the sky's fucking falling. But at the same yeah. time, you know, like – it's the you. It's more in the performance right now. Although this road trip is going to be tough, 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 tough. Yeah, like we have Phoenix next, man. Yeah, we're. In, um, yeah. I don't know, man. But at the yeah, same we have... time, like we were, we're the same team that started off like five hundred last year, and then went on like a nine game winning streak. Yeah. So like at See, the same time, but people keep compare. Like I, no, 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 my bad. I sorry to interrupt, but I, I know people keep saying that. But this team was built to be better than last year. That's I don't want to keep comparing it to last year. You know, true. But this also it's a lot different too in terms of how we play. Like we're not playing like scrappy defense the way we did last year. That has to do with not having like a main perimeter defender. Mm. Like I did notice Randall's defense got a lot better. I gotta I gotta say like his, yeah, um, he's he's been playing a lot better defense this year. Last year his defense played good. He was good too. But like this year I'm kind of seeing a lot more of effort. Um, like I'm seeing him block a lot more shots. Like he's yeah. had he's had games where he's had like three or four. Like I think the first game he had like three or four blocks on Boston, and Holy like he, he doesn't even average a block a game. So like that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I just want him to crash defensive boards a lot more often. Fight for those boards, man. And we're cooking with gas. You know. Mm. So let's see the Knicks. Uh, let's see. The last time we talked, they had just they had just beaten the Pacers, right? Yeah. So we either lost them. Lost them, I think. No, no, they beat them. They beat them. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, we beat them. All right, all right. Yeah, they beat them 92 to 84. Then they lost to the Magic, and then they <laughs> they made it close to the to the uh, Rockets, which was by far one of the worst <laughs> worst games I've 
ever seen in that first half, bro. It was so bad. Oh, what was the score at the half? Let me see. I don't know. I didn't watch that game. It was not good. I'll tell you, it, dude, that first quarter was one of the worst things I've ever seen. That, like, brought me back to, like... Oh, my God, dude. 13 points in the first? Yeah, it was horrible, bro. For us, of all teams? Bro, I was watching it, and I was just like, bro, it like, took me back to, like, when Lou Amundsen and fucking Alex V. Shred were on the team. I'm like, what is this offense? Like, what are we doing, bro? This team isn't good. Bro, like, I was watching it, and I was like... Dude, they're like just throwing the ball away. I was like watching. <laughs> I was watching. Uh, what's it called? Jalen? Uh, is it Jalen? No. What am I saying? Is it Jay? Jalen Green? Oh, Jalen Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does not know how to pass, bro. Oh, good God. He's, I don't know he's how not many... a passer. Yeah. Yeah. He <clears> just just kept throwing the ball out. I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? That's actually been like one of his biggest red flags. Um, that was supposed originally like when he was first. Like scouted, um, he was supposed to be like just mostly like a slasher, but then like his shooting looks so much better like in summer league and preseason. So really, like it's just passing he has to work on. Like that's his biggest weakness right now when it comes to his game. Yeah, they're just gonna let him uh, cook in uh, what's it called in um, uh, in Houston with uh, KPJ, who I think was injured for the game, bro. So. Because I didn't see. Him. Has he has he been has he been playing good this year? So I know he started off. He's like, up and down, great. so inconsistent, man. Like, dude, these guys, like they they threw him to the wolves, man. So, um, do you think? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you think like KPJ's kind of like having a Devonte Graham type career so far? Like he had one really good year, and then he kind of just mellows out. Oh, well, I think, I mean, it definitely comes with, like, you got to, when you're playing with a guy like Jalen Green, you know, like a guy who's going to be taking, like, a shot taker. Because they're not, like, neither of them are really natural point, uh, natural, like, playmakers, you know? So, each guy, so, like, they don't really have that on this team. So, you know, I mean, that should be the next move for them. They should definitely try to bring in a guy. So. Uh, But, yeah, uh, you know, we narrowly beat the Rockets. We lost to the Bulls, and then we beat the uh, beat the Lakers. So, you know, ten and eight, not too bad. Phoenix is gonna be tough. We are we're hosting Phoenix. Then we it's our first encounter right afterwards with um the Hawks, <laughs> and then we got essentially a home game against um against the Nets. And then we play uh, Chicago again on the second. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be tough. These Those next four games are definitely going to be tough. Uh, any thoughts you want to say about the Knicks before we move on to our three things? Um, Honestly, like, I, I feel like we just need to find someone to, like, run the offense. I don't think Thibs can do it. Um, I just don't think this team really fits his style of coaching the best. But mm-hmm. like, if he focuses on like big picture and defense, and someone could just make like simple offensive sets, and if we can maybe pull like a midseason trade for like a wing who could play defense, huh. I love like that. That'd be amazing. I think that'd solve like most of our issues. I guess if I'm going to follow up with that, is there anybody in particular you've seen in the league that you would try to uh, <clears throat> bring in? Um. That we can realistically get, honestly. Um, shit, I don't even know. 
Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you on top of my head. I mean, Kyle Anderson, I guess, would be cool, but I feel like he's not really an upgrade to Reggie. Like, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to find someone who. Yeah, like, he's not like a three and D guy, you know. Like, he's a good play, but he's like a good playmaker. But like, he can. Sh- I thought he could shoot. Like, he fixed his shot. I thought, but like, yeah, he's but he's not, not like a, good a guy. He, you don't think he's a good handler? Well, I guess this year. Kyle, and, like, I mean, he's well. He's like a clunky dude. He generally, oh, I'm trying to see what his stats are for this for his career. Because generally, he's been a good. Uh, he was always been a good like. Uh, I always thought he was a good playmaker, but I guess it's not showing here. His first the year, good, but like I guess he might he makes the extra pass and so. Maybe that's I thought he was a good shooter though. I could have sworn I saw that. I mean, he's shooting forty percent right now. Well, he's at point nine at two point four threes, but like. I don't think he takes a whole lot. He's at point nine steals, point five blocks, two is two point five assists, five rebounds, and like eight points. Yeah, but he took yeah from nineteen twenty to twenty twenty one. He took a huge leap in his three point shooting. He went from like twenty eight percent to thirty six. Yeah, I told. I I mean, like in San Antonio, he was a horrible shooter. But like the minute he like, I don't. I want to say left or got traded. I mean, he just he got way better. Yeah. Shout out to him. I like Kyle. I just don't think, you know, there's another thing too, dude, we like talk about that isn't what well, we should be talking about. Like all three pointers are not the same, you know, like there's ca- on the break threes, catch and shoot threes off the dribble threes. Like mm. there's so many different types of styles of threes that we're looking for. And we're looking for a guy who could shoot off the, off the ball like that, you know? So I want a guy who could shoot off the ball, but can kind of like take someone off the dribble. Like if, if he had like an Evan Fournier on him, like guarding him, he should take him off the dribble. I don't think he could do that, but dude, do you think we need another wing, or do you think we can get another, like, a defensive guard that can do the job? Actually, I think they, if they were going to use a defensive guard, I think they'd probably actually trust Miles with it before anybody else. I would say so, too, but, like, like is Miles even getting minutes? No. I haven't seen I'm him saying, in a game in a while. I, 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 I think if they're going to, if they believe that they're going to get, like, if they're at a point where they're just going to get cooked by guards all the time, then they will try to bring in, like, or probably, I think they trust Miles first because, you know, they drafted him and they got to see what he's got, you know? Mm. I think the thing is, like, um, just last thing I'll say before we, like, switch, but, like, we have, um, like, what, why we lost the Hawks last year was because we don't have ball handlers and we didn't, we didn't have, like, enough perimeter defense to guard Trey Young. And we fixed, like, one of those. Like, we have good ball handling. With Fournier and Kemba and all that, but like, there's no point having good ball handling if we're not going to get possessions because of our defense. Yeah, like a lot of our points are going to come from fast break and like you know finding the open guy for three. That's a, a that accumulates a lot of points. So you take that part out of the game, that's kind of hard to score. Yeah, definitely agree. I'm like trying to think of the top of my head, like who would be the guy that uh I'd bring in as a wing. That's the thing, like, this season, I don't know if we can do that, because I feel like, like, are there really any wings right now that are, like, that we can realistically get? I don't think there are. Because, like, most wings, like, are, most role player wings are signed, or they're super, super old. Because, like, theoretically, like, Andre Iguodala, someone like him would be, be great. Like a, like, a, a, like a big, rugged dude who could, like, defend and, like, hit threes, but he's, what, he's, like, 37 or something, or 36? 
Like, I don't want a 36-year-old guy being, like, a, a rotational piece on a, team, on a young Knicks team. Yeah, and I think he's already found his – He it's good yeah. for him to be back home in Golden State, you know? Yeah, I agree. That, too. He fits a lot better there. Yeah. He knows the culture. He's been around them. He's been with them when they won. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, I I was actually thinking of uh, – <laughs> I was trying to think maybe – I was thinking uh, Memphis as well because I feel like they have a lot of guys on their squad, you know. So maybe one of those guys could shake loose. I don't know. I mean, Desmond Bain would be amazing. Oh, there's no way you think the. There's no way. No, we're not, I know, I know. We're not gonna get him. But I'm just yeah, saying, like is, someone yeah. like him, you know, would rugged you, defense. Would you? No, no, no. Go on, go on. First, you. No, and I was then just say rugged defense and three point shooting. But yeah, you're... would you do Dylan Brooks? Uh... Is he? Is he? How is he on defense? Like, how is he? Like, bad? Dylan is Brooks like... is a good defender. He's a good defender. Oh, is he? Oh, then I definitely yeah. do. I, I would do him. Yeah. The problem with Dylan Brooks is not his defense; it's his offense because he shoots a little bit too much. But listen, look, yeah, that's look. the thing. He, he, he averages. He he's a good. Yeah, that's the thing I worry. Like, if he can't shoot off the ball, that's what worries me. But, like, I don't – I think he's going to be surplus to a requirement there, you know? I don't know if he's part of this future. Do you think, like, with Dylan Brooks um, – actually, no, that wouldn't work. So well, I was going to say, we could we have a lineup with Brooks, Fournier, and RJ as our one, two, and three, but, like, neither of them could play point. Yeah, none of those guys really – like, this dude averages 2.8 assists, man. Like, yeah, come he's on. not a, yeah, so he's more of a scorer looking to get a shot first. He's not really gonna pass it. Yeah. So, uh, so you want to go first with the big th- your, oh your three or um? Uh, you can start. You're good. Uh, it, oh, it don't matter. All right. Um. So uh, what I want to start off with is uh one of the things I noticed this season is uh Dale Gafford's um how good he's playing. Now mm. I have a really weird feeling that I talked about this before, not as a topic, but I definitely talked about him. But, like, I didn't really get into details. But per 100 possessions, he's averaging, like, 20 points, 13 rebounds, four blocks, and two steals. Jeez. On, like, 64% shooting. And he's only playing 20 minutes a night because, like, you know, Harold's going to take up a chunk of minutes off the bench at the center spot. But in those 20 minutes, I feel like Gafford provides such a good defensive presence for this team. And, like, you know, you and I both know, like, having a really elite defensive center can like really help solidify your defense especially for the regular season for the regular season yeah i don't like i said the wizards aren't going to go far in the postseason i still stand by i (laughs) I still stand by them not being a one seed or a top three seed i mean i think they fell to like five right i know it's only a game apart but still go Um, on you're saying (laughs) not saying though but i like um I feel like get, there's there's not enough light shown on how important he is for their defense, just because like you know he's blocking shots, he's really good at well, he's pretty good at rebounding and boxing out, um, and I feel like he's like underratedly strong, like he's a lot stronger than people think, and he's like a pretty solid finisher. Uh, I'm not sure how his shooting is. I don't think he's that good of a shooter because I know his free throw shooting's not that great. Um, yeah, so if he could work on that, that'd be good. Yeah, but, he never. Uh, I don't think he's attempted the three. He hasn't attempted a three in his NBA career. Oh, he hasn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't oh, think he's. Yeah, he's not. He, if he can work on his three point shooting, that'd be insane. But I feel like he's. Um, 
he's kind of in that same category as like like a Mitchell Robinson, Robert Williams type, like a, a guy who'll get you blocks and rebounds and like you know easy like like uh, not easy but like physical baskets, you know like dunks and like rim runnings. He's not gonna like create his own shot and post up dudes. And that's fine, you know. They have plenty of guys on that team that can get their own shot or can catch oh, yeah. and shoot. Yeah. So when you got guys like Kuz and like Beal who are like you know they need to take their shots to like produce. You need a good rebounder to, like, you know, give them their opportunities. So, like, I love seeing guys like Gafford on the team because he plays an important piece. Isn't it crazy that Chicago could actually use him probably better than they could use Vooch? They don't really need uh, Vucevic. Vucevic, I still uh, think that trade was bad, honestly. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, but, you know, I've heard people... Outside of the pod, be like, yo, you're a Vooch hater. I'm like, it's no, I'm not a Vooch hater. In fact, I actually have him in fantasy. And I'm in last year and have him this year. It's just more so like, I understand having this kind of, you know, this uh, offense that you can play five out. But like, listen, like, like unless you're like the Warriors, a lot of the NBA teams that go far in the playoffs don't really have like five out offenses. Like, sure, they can. They have lineups where they go five out, but it's not predominantly their base sets, you know? Mm. I was actually about to ask do you think if Chicago all of a sudden, like, you know, starts struggling defensively and Vuce, like Vucevic plays a big part of it because, you know, he's not really a good defender, do you see a possible Vucevic uh, Boston trading for like, uh, Robert Williams and maybe like some other young assets to like you know even out the trade, but it's However, just like right. I I think one I I don't think so I just think that like I think they've when you pay a guy that much money I don't think it's unless their season is going that crazy why would you trade him you know mm. I think that's like has to be considered I like you know listen Horford is having a great year but Horford doesn't play every single day you know yeah. So, like, I think with Robert Williams, they, like, paid him and they brought in Horford and they played together at the four and the five. Sometimes it's a little clunky, but I just saw they had the same record as us. Boston? Yeah, we're not, I mean, we're not, we're not really winning. And they're, like, also middle of the pack because we started off pretty good, but we've been losing lately. So, yeah. And this road trip does not help. Yeah, we're probably going to fall a bit. I think, I feel like we might have, like, a game where we, like, win. I feel like we might have like a big win in one of these games, but overall, um, yeah, we tough. Like it. but yeah, going back to Gafford though, um, yeah, I, I really think that he's an underrated piece for like the Wizards, uh, the Wizards team in general, most likely their defense. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I just feel like he should get some more love and I like centers like him. People don't talk about how Daniel Gafford last year, after I think Thomas Bryant, after the trade to bring in Gafford, dude, the mm-hmm. defense changed it. Like I'm pretty sure they were like a top ten defense last year towards the end, a lot of stages of the of the season. Uh, Washington. It's one of the reasons why they made the play in, and Gafford is a huge reason because of that. So I'm with you on that. I'm uh, yeah. Uh, I like Daniel Gafford. Mm. Um. <laughs> I guess on that, I'll I'll um you know I'll flip it to um so uh, before we guess we talk about teams we can talk about um did you see the incident the incident of Isaiah Stewart and LeBron James yes sir I have what are your thoughts 
Did you watch it live, by the way, or no? Nah, I was like, I was just like going. I was on Twitter and I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Like Twitter was just blowing up when I saw it. <laughs> so I was at work and a coworker was just like, "Yo, did you see the fight?" I was like, "No." Nah. And then he was like, "Told me to check it out." Yeah, it was crazy, bro. Jesus, yeah. My thought, my thoughts on it, or your what you're asking? Yeah, you can go. You could talk. I asked you. My thoughts on it. Um, honestly, I feel like. This sounds a bit controversial, but I feel like for Isaiah Stewart, I feel like, yeah, it's a bloody cut, but you got to control your emotions, man. I mean, you can't, you can't get freaked if like someone hits you and you see blood coming out of your face, you know, like people got to understand that it is a contact, it is a physical sport. And when you're like a center in the league, um, you're playing like a a physically tough position and someone who needs to be able to take like those big hits. Like that's why playing center sucks, honestly. Just because like you're, it's a very physical, like demanding job you're asking. So, um, to be good at it, you have to be like more tough. So for Stewart, it's like I wouldn't lose my cool over the blood. And honestly, like he was wrapping LeBron's arm before that shit. So like if LeBron popped his elbow in, um, I mean LeBron wasn't even trying to fight or anything. It's not like LeBron was talking that much. He was trying to like calm him down, if anything. And then Stewart was just going on another level. Like, you saw the end of the fight, right? When Stewart was just, like, trying to, like, run at the very end. <laughs> yeah. That shit made me laugh, but, like, I was like, what are you doing, bro? This is, like, like, control yourself, man. You cooled off and everything, and you just go back into swinging mode. Like, that's not what professionals do. So, like, I'm, I'm fine with LeBron's one-game suspension. Honestly, I feel like the suspensions are fine. I feel like this incident really got blown out of proportion. Just because, like, you know, uh, like, no one really got hurt when you think about it. Like, big time. Stewart might have to get some stitches, and he might be out for a little bit, but, I mean, you know, he's going to get suspended anyway, so it's it's whatever. Yeah. It what is you, whatever. your thoughts on it? It's just, like, you know, it just got a little bit overblown. I think Stewart definitely took it a little bit personal, and mm. he definitely felt like LeBron purposely hit him in the face. And, like, watching the video, it doesn't look good. But I understand you said that, like, it sucks because you're always wrestling and tasseling down, like, when the ball is up in the air on a free throw. So, listen, I don't know if he mentored or not, but it definitely felt like, uh, to Stewart, it felt like he meant it, uh, that LeBron meant it to him, and he reacted. Um, definitely, you know, it's entertaining. I'm not going to lie to you. Definitely entertaining when you see shit like that. But at the end of the day, no one's swinging on anybody, really. Like, we huff and puff. But, you know, a couple of players got taken out. A couple of the security got taken out. But none of the... um, No malice in the palace. Yeah, no malice in the palace. Why is it always in Detroit, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Why is it in Detroit? What's going on? Oh, my God. It's, it's just such a, like... Just a, such a shitty city. I'm not... I'm sorry. Yeah. It's on yeah. par with Cleveland, maybe. You think Cleveland's cool? Cleveland is never... a disgusting ass city. Fuck that city. Oh my god. You think Cleveland's cool? I never heard anybody say <laughs> they wanted heard... to go to go to Cleveland for vacation. <laughs> Did you watch the whole interview when someone's like, Joe you, Noah? who's in this crowd?" Yeah. <laughs> you think Cleveland's cool? <laughs> yeah, shout out Joe Keep Noah, man. I, despite the fact that he's he's getting paid the bag like this last year, dude. That dude, I love when he roasts. Like, I love the fact that he doesn't get along with LeBron. 
<laughs> you know, I'm not gonna lie. I used to hate Joakim just because he was such a troll. But then after I went to Cleveland with the Greyhound bus because we got stuck there, and like it's oh, just such a, it's such a terrible man. city, terrible, man. It's terrible and depressing place, dude. The Greyhound station was worse than Indian train stations. <laughs> it was so. I'm not even lying. It was really bad. That's foul. That's actually foul. And he's Joe Keem's not wrong. The minute you enter Cleveland, it's just a highway. There's like maybe three or a couple of buildings, and there's just factories like right outside the city. Like, there really is nothing to do in Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland, this one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, bro. Shut up, man. It's for you and the factories over there. Who gives a shit? You, Fuck Cleveland. You and the blue-collar workers there, damn. Shout out um, to the collar workers, though. No, shout out to blue-collar workers. We need you guys. Uh, but yeah, overall, like... You know, it's just another. Listen, one of the reasons why, like, also we're all drawn to the NBA is the drama, right? Like, it's the drama. Yeah, drama of the NBA is so <laughs> intoxicating and enticing. It just seems like you can't go like a week or two without some crazy news happening. You know, it's I just, agree. Yeah, it's oh, always yeah, yeah, yeah. something going on. Hmm. I feel like the drama makes it like yeah, like I agree with you. It makes it a lot more fun too. Just because like yes. if everything went the way it does, it's kind of boring. And honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of a hot take here. I kind of don't like the rules for that reason. Because like rules? no 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 because like like refing has gotten refing's a lot better this season. I feel like just in yes. general. But like half the time last season, like don't get me wrong, I hated when people would get ejected for small things. But just seeing that come up on YouTube, like seeing something that we can complain about in a way, it just adds this kind of like, um, I guess, drama uh, type of energy that I feel like we all kind of subconsciously want to see when we watch basketball. Yeah. Like there's so many more altercations and fights, like when a call goes the wrong way. And like, I'm fucked up for saying it, but it's kind of funny to me just when it happens. Just seeing yeah, an entire team argue with the ref. And the other team is just like you know doing shit. I don't know. I just like seeing fights and I like seeing scuffles in NBA matches. Because you know but this, this was too far. Because you you know that it's like the you, like seeing that type of shit. It's like it's like an indicator. It's like oh like you know like these players actually give a shit. You know. Oh yeah. Do you remember when Nasir Muhammad got like pissed at LeBron? Oh, and tossed it, and shoved him <laughs> in the chest and shoved him yeah. to the ground. Great. That was Chicago, right? Like Miami versus Chicago. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I remember when Jimmy and LeBron got into it too. Yeah. That series was so good. Honestly, that four that uh fourteen fifteen series, I have to admit. Yeah. Like that shit I know we talked about in the last part, like if Carmelo went there, but geez, that Chicago team with Jimmy and all that was insane. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like I wonder if they need to they just need kind of really needed another score, man. I really don't think that Miami could handle them if they had gotten mellow, man. Yeah, I mean, um, like, aside from Golden State, the only team that's really pushed Cleveland to, like, a, a tougher matchup was um, that team. Because everyone else yeah. destroyed, like, the, Boston they, and then, like, Atlanta. They, they've always given, the, like, them and the Indiana teams have always given LeBron, like, a tough time. Those yeah, like those Paul George really Indiana teams in Miami yeah. was, oh. Yeah. yeah, they, Paul George Indiana teams and the, uh, what's it called, and the, 
and the Derrick Rose teams, man. They just couldn't, they could never handle Rose. They could never handle Rose in his prime, man. You know what I hope, honestly? I really hope this Clippers team and, and the Lakers play in the playoffs. I really want to see like a reincarnation kind of of like Paul George versus LeBron in an important playoff series. Mm, that'd be good. I still think it's, this is really, if Anthony <laughs> Davis comes to actually play, bro, it's just like this. It's a wrap. I'm sorry. Dude, they don't look like like they look like they're not even trying right now. I don't know if I you remember the bubble part, but like remember the, the Lakers, like after that Clippers game, they looked really bad in the bubble. But yeah. then like as soon as playoffs hit, like after that game one against Portland, like they just like all of a sudden look like a completely different team overnight. Yeah. I like just... honestly, yeah, this team is like by I feel like by like end of January, this team's gonna like just go on a winning streak and all of a sudden we're gonna be like, Oh, Lakers are favorites to win. You know? Like I keep saying this, but they really are like the Bucks when they first got like like super loaded. I mean, like everybody just signed with them. It's a brand new team, and then like they had to figure their shit out because like you know everyone's trying to adjust a new system, but they did eventually, and yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, Isaiah Stewart and uh, LeBron James were my topics uh, for that for that one. What's your next thing? So this is gonna be a little bit a little hypocritical, but I'm I'm gonna talk about the Utah Jazz. They've oh, actually go, yo. actually surprised me this season. Um, so they're they're second in points per game and they're sixth in defense. That doesn't surprise me because like they're all, they've always been like a team that's top five on offense and defense. Um, and like you know first in offensive rating, but I feel like with this year's Jazz team, barring injuries. I feel like they have a lot more versatility that they never had in, in the past. It's because of Rudy. Honestly, yeah, Rudy. Rudy was he's not he's not going to give you a lot statistically, but in terms of um, gay like fit, Rudy Gay, I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 gay, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not not Gobert. Gobert's a seven foot like big man. Um, but with Rudy Gay, like he really does add a certain like element to the game. For them, just because he can do a little bit of everything, you know, I I don't think he's as athletic as he used to be, so I don't really expect him to like you know drive and all that. But like he yeah. can shoot when he's wide open. He can you know just play within a certain system. And honestly, like with this team, if if we both agree that like uh, if they played the Clippers or something in the playoffs and the Clippers went small, or like if they played Golden State and Golden State ran Draymond at center, oh, do you think? They're cold. Yeah, Rudy. Rudy's not gonna have a good series just because he yeah. doesn't really have offensive game, and Draymond's a very good defender. I, and then I, he's I, not gonna be able to defend Draymond if he's. Yeah, gonna I just. Good. Yeah, I just feel like if they, dude, I think it's like a a gentleman sweep if they played Golden State. Man, I'm sorry, Golden State just seems like it's ready to play against that type of team. Mm, like they may, I was actually they may drop right. a game or they may drop a game during the regular season. They can even lose the series. I just trust Golden State so much against Utah, a team that hasn't proved anything <clears throat> in the playoffs against a proven fucking championship team. I'm picking that. I'm picking the Warriors every time, Brad. I'm sorry, unless they did something drastic and brought in another like um another score. I just don't see Utah doing anything against Golden State. Mm, I was going to say that um, for Utah, if they played a team like Golden State, they actually can afford to have Gobert not really play. I know that sounds a little controversial, but um, with having Gay in the team, like they can run Rudy at the four and have like 
I don't know. Um, Pasco. Oh, actually, oh, actually, hold on, hold on. They don't really have a. Pa- do you do you think Favors is good enough to start in a series? No. No, right? Like Favors I don't is not even there, bro. Favors is Favors is in uh, what's it called? He's in OKC. Uh, wait a minute. Didn't did the Utah Jazz not have him? They oh, traded they him, him in the year. off season. Yeah, they traded him in the off season. I forgot about the trade. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they don't even have him. So okay, then then forget I even said that because like they don't even have another. They don't have another like power forward who can legitimately play center. I think maybe that's why they brought in Pascal. Do you think they'll try to play him at a five? He really shouldn't be playing five. Mm. Especially if they play like Golden State, dude. He's going to get cooked at the five. Yeah. And you don't think they don't know his own his tendencies? Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's honestly, that's the only thing holding them back. Like, if Rudy could just, like, work on an offensive game more. If Dude. like if Rudy could be like a bam on offense, right? Like I don't well, expect even you to like, like DeAndre Ayton, bro. Like look at look at how the difference. How like when um when the um what's it called when the Utah Jazz played against the Clippers and they just didn't have an answer for the small ball lineup versus when the Suns played the Clippers and they went to the small ball lineup. Like Rudy, I mean um. DeAndre Ayton will make you pay for going small. Like, he'll destroy you, like, inside. And that's what a big man is supposed to do if you go small. Be like, all right, bet. If you're going to go small, I'm going to, every single time we're down on the court, you're going to, I'm going to either be, you're going to either be forced to double me or I'm cooking this dude on the block. Every time. It's, it's barbecue chicken out here. Mm. And the thing is, like, Rudy isn't like, a, like a, a stick or anything like he's actually a pretty big dude like he's gotten a lot like stronger and bigger it's kind of like Giannis. so yeah, like if just, he could just work annoying. on that forward yeah work on a like an offensive game man you know yeah develop like some some something develop your bag bro dude he i don't want to like be blasphemous but if rudy had a good touch with the ball he could be like baby he actually could be baby hakeem just because yeah. the way he plays defense, it, all he had, if he just had a little touch with it. Do Do you remember like Elijah one used to have camps? Like I don't understand why Rudy never went to one of those camps. Yeah, I remember when you sent me a video. It was like uh, Dwight teach, and uh, that's why um Amari teach. Remember Amari? Yeah, Amari. Yeah, Amari. Yeah. I remember during that season after he went, I was like, oh my god, like Amari's footwork is so good in the paint right now. Yeah. And Amari was someone who was, like, mostly, like, a physical guy who needed to, like, become a little more technical to, like, you know, fully, like, reach his best form. And with Rudy, I mean, it's almost like Ben Simmons. Like, he's Rudy's averaging, like, 15 points and, like, almost, like, 13 rebounds a game without a jumper or without an offensive game, let alone. Like, if imagine, imagine the type of recognition he could get if he had, like, at least like two post moves and a free throw like that he just can a, reliably hit exactly like a like a nice baby hook or something dude like honestly so it's like so upsetting that he is like that game of his has never been developed man yeah or at least at the very least if he could pass you know yeah i don't i mean like, if he if, if, if he passer. could pass but can't score i don't think it's gonna help but still it's it's something yeah, like he's it's so like, limited offense. Yeah, like once you get to the postseason, bro, and you're just so limited in your offensive game, man, like you get found out quick. 
You know so, what? Honestly, I think about it. I feel like Sabonis would thrive on a team like Utah just because, like, go, like, literally him and Gobert better not have issues just because, like, Sabonis is everything you want in an offensive big man, and Rudy's everything you want in a defensive big man. If you could just figure out, like, how to stagger the minutes between the two of them, you, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I'm not trying to put yeah, this Sabonis to Utah. I was Utah, about but... to say, it's just like with, with, um, Sabonis, he is just like, He's not like a bench center, you know, like he's a starting center. But the thing about him is like he's unique in the way where he can be like he can do his best impersonation of like a Jokic where he could facilitate from the high post or facilitate from the top of the key. And um, like with with like with that team, like if he had anywhere close to the skill set that Sabonis had, my God, man, like we're really cooking. Oh with, yeah, you know, we're really cooking with gas, man. Well, honestly, like um, and I'm, I remember when we talked about Pascal Siakam earlier, um, like in like in earlier in the pod in like earlier podcasts, um, we're talking about possible trades for him or where he can end up. But honestly, Utah would be perfect for him, just like a four who can create his own shot and legitimately be a number two to like Mitchell. Because yeah. honestly, I feel like Mitchell could be a number one in a cha- on like I don't know about a championship, but on a deep like contending team. See, but the thing is also too like we characterize generally speaking most most NBA Finals contenders are usually top top ten in both uh, offensive defensive categories. The Utah yeah. Jazz I have pre- like slowly every year since they've created this core have been top five in offense and defense. You know. So like, I wonder yeah. if like, like it's just tweaks, you know. I like, you know, like they gave up a couple picks and shit for like, um, Conley, for, right? Conley, but like, just seems like Conley. They just need they need one. They need them to stay healthy for the playoffs, and then two, they need they still need that big wing. Pascal definitely seem Pascal Siakam definitely seems like. Yeah, like a wonderful fit. Imagine they ran him. It was, it was, uh, what's it called? Conley, Mitchell, uh, Royce, mm. Siakam, Gobert. Ooh. You have See, at like, least that yeah, lineup. That's a good lineup. Well, that's a good lineup. I mean, you that's gave the Siakam. Yeah, that that's like three legitimate like like the players like guys who can carry their own like their own selves, and then you have like uh, Gobert who I mean at the, when the playoffs come he's a glorified role player, and then you have um what's his face uh Royce O'Neal who's like another role player kind of so actually that's a pretty good lineup honestly. Yeah, and it's not like with like past. With like Conley, he he's a type of guy that like would doesn't mind. I feel like wouldn't mind like not having that much of offensive responsibility, bro. If you let that dude just focus on defense and like playmaking, man, and just shooting off the catch, I think like you're cooking with some gasoline. We're cooking with mm. some carrots, man. But is it is it kind of like Drew Holiday and the Bucks? You're saying? Um, I mean, but like past- minus the scoring, maybe. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Siakam isn't as uh, fluid as a scored as as Drew, but like he's not. Oh, I meant, I meant Conley. My bad. Oh, Conley. You said you yeah, were... yeah, yeah. With Conley, um, yeah, you don't need him to be the scorer. 
You don't need definitely don't need him to be the scorer. Listen, if you simplify his role and he doesn't have to do that much, especially with like all the injuries and stuff and his getting up there in age, like I think they could cook with gas. And then they have you have uh what's his name? You have Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson. Although they probably have to give up some some guys to make the salaries, but but if you were able to send send them like but I'd send them Bogdanovich. I'm sorry. Like I understand he moves the floor, but like that dude's kind of useless when it comes to the playoffs sometimes. When it comes to the four, I agree. Just because, like, when you have dudes like Ingles and, like, other catch-and-shoot guys in the team, you don't really need a Bogdan, a Boyan, especially if you Boyan. can get a Siakam. Like, Siakam's yeah. a much bigger return than a, a Bogdanovich. And I think he's play. gettable, bro. I think he's definitely gettable. Who, uh, Siakam? Yeah, I just feel like this is the most you can get him, if, especially because I feel like his value after the past couple of years because of injury and stuff has been lower. So I definitely think he's a gettable thing. Not only that, like, uh, what's his face? The Scotty Barnes is playing a lot better than we thought. So, like, he's yeah. kind of coming. And so is Ananobi. So, like, you know, you don't really need Pascal anymore. So his value is already lowered right there. Yeah. And Utah, Utah does have a solid, like, you know, management, I believe. So, like, they yeah. know how to, like, negotiate. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I guess. Uh, do you have any more last thoughts on the Jazz or no? Um. So what I was, yeah. My only, I only wanted to talk about mostly like Gobert because I feel like in a way, in a weird way, he's what's keeping them afloat. Not not afloat, but he's a huge reason their success defensively. But it just sucks because like if he had a basic offensive game, this team could be really lethal. Yeah, like it, it's, it's weird because like we always look at like you. I'm always looking at Utah. And I was like, why are they like not good? Like they just seem like a very plain like meat and potatoes kind of team, not like an exciting like team. So like they always seem like a, a seven eight seed to me. They never really seem like a good regular season team. But year after year, they've just been proving me wrong. Like especially this year, I really didn't think they'd be good this year. I thought that this year, this would be the year we all kind of realize how like overrated they are. But like it's the the exact opposite, and honestly, I feel like that just has to do with how underrated Donovan Mitchell is. I uh, I just wanted to say I it's not that I didn't expect them to be good. I always expect them to be like a top three uh, seed. It's just I need you to do it in the playoffs. I'm at that point. Um, but it's like the same point you we have with the Bucks. I need you to do mm. it in the playoffs. Yeah, like I'm, the regular season is cool. That's awesome. You know, get your accolades. But when you flame out of the playoffs, like, it's not good. It's not good. It's definitely yeah, destroying yeah. the reputations of people. Like, I don't know. How many more years do you think this core stays together? Oh, man. Honestly, like, with, with uh, Gobert, O'Neal, and, like, Mitchell, one of the, one of them's gonna if they if they lose in the playoffs in the first round or early second round. Oh, dude, yeah, there's one changes. of them getting traded. Yeah, and I think it might no. be Gobert. Yeah, I could see Gobert getting traded. But like, where would he? Where do you think he'd go to? Not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's dude. your what's your uh, number number two? Oh, damn, only number two. What's your number two? So for my number two is actually another team. Actually, the team that the Knicks are actually gonna play. Um, next. Uh, Next game, it is the Phoenix Suns who mm. are the second seed in the Western Conference. While everyone's been talking about the Warriors, the Suns have been in the spotlights for the wrong thing, as we've discussed two weeks ago. Mm. You know, so, uh, you know, they, you know, they started what? 
what were they like? One and they started one. off like four and six, some of that. Yes. No, not four and six because they only have three losses. Oh, I'm sorry, they started off like one and three, maybe one and two. Yeah, maybe one and three. They they had like they had two less, like they had two more losses than wins. I remember that ratio. Yeah, and now they've just rattled off thirteen straight wins. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. And if it wasn't for Robert Sarver, like, hey, this team should be praised, you know? And also for Golden State. Golden State is getting a lot of accolades. But, like, this Phoenix team is no joke, man. They're running it back, and all movement is crisp. I saw them the other night, and it was just like, oh, my God. It's just like everything is just there. Just like this team isn't a, it's not a fluke, you know? Like, they know mm-hmm. what their identity is. You know, they have a lot of things going on, obviously, with the Sarver the news and with, uh, what's it called? Um, <clears throat> with the DeAndre Eaton extension not given in this offseason. So, <laughs> they have a lot of things to worry about. But, um, you know, they're just chugging along, man. They're like a well-oiled machine. Just keep moving. So, I just wanted to give them praise. Um, I'm happy for those Phoenix guys. Um, I know Book, you know, I think both of us are big fans of Book. Been a yeah. Book fan, fan ever since Fantasy. Uh, didn't like <clears> the <throat> stigma about him just being a losing player. Like being a, what's it called, a stats pad, a stats guy, you know, a guy that... I, hate, I always hated that argument, honestly. Like, who else was going to score on that Phoenix team? Exactly. We've felt like, yeah, that's the thing. Nobody else was going to score. Aiden became the only other twenty point scorer. I thought like after uh, when he after he got drafted, like right, like after before him, who was it? Who was there? Nobody. Like Nobody. they really, they they had like, I think it, the, his first year there. I don't even know who else was there to score the ball. Might have been like T.J. Warren, maybe, but like yeah. But even we, T.J. We, Warren, I don't even think he scored like twelve or twenty points. No, no, he averaged like nineteen for like two seasons when yeah. with Booker. But like you know, T.J. Warren's. Is not someone I want being a number two guy on, on a legit team. Shit, I don't even know if I wanted to be a number three guy. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, exactly. He's more like a role player. Yeah, and I'm not saying that he's bad. It's just like, like when you think, like, when you think TJ Warren, I think of like the dude who tried to fight <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Butler in the bubble. <laughs> so, <laughs> nah, TJ Warren was good, though. The only thing is, like, he's just. He does his game is very he's very shot heavy. Like he needs the ball a lot to produce. And yeah. like on a contender team, the only guys doing that are like the top three players. And yeah. he's not a top three, like he's not even a top like fifty player in the NBA, barely. Yeah. No, he's yeah, top fifty but barely, but yeah. Actually I take the, I, I, I I'll I'll argue that because <laughs> when's the last time he played, bro? <gasps> yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like the last time we seen him play was basically at the bubble. Yeah, so. and like, don't get me wrong. Like he he played good in the bubble, but like, like he's always been a scorer. I hate. I, I don't. I don't get when people were surprised that he averaged like, um, like twenty four, twenty five points in the bubble. Like he averaged nineteen for the season right before that fifty point game that came out of nowhere. I will admit that I've no it. All of a sudden, I saw like um he was hitting threes. I got a really good rate, and then I was just very surprised at that. But the fact that he scored in the bubble, I just felt like like no, like he's been doing that. Um, but yeah, I digress with, with the Suns, uh, I, I personally think that they're truly the best team in the, 
in the West right now just because, like, it's the same core as last year, right? Like, if Clay's not healthy, like, what if Clay just sucks? Which is also very possible. Dude, he's coming back soon. Do you see that? No, I know that, but what if he's bad? I mean, in the NBA, we've seen that. We've seen we've seen that a lot. Like guys who are supposed to be good, but then just like you know, injuries just got to them. Clay's game does require a lot of cuts and like lots of like you know cuts around screens to get open for three. He's not going to be doing that as much. That does affect his game. His defense is going to be affected too. So like integrating him isn't just going to be like I hear people just say, oh. It, uh, Clay use, is used to the system, so when we integrate him, it's going to be normal. It's like he just had two years worth of injury. Like he hasn't played since the eight, 2019 finals, dude. Like the last, the last time Clay Thompson played, we Knicks fans still believe we were going to get Katie and Kyrie. So it's not that I'm, a, I'm trying to be a hater. It's just. I just want to think a little more realistically here. I really feel like it's going to take time for like him to adjust. And this 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 team's a brand new team compared to what it was in 20, 2018, 19. Some guys are still there. Yeah, but like like Moses Moody's there, Kuminga's there, Wiseman's there, Wiggins is there. Like these are four pivotal dudes compared to what was it, KD, uh, Zaza, um, God, who else was even there on the on the Warriors? They they I guess, actually did. I guess this is the core is still there. It's still. It's like, still Stav, Dre, Lou, yeah, Iguodala. Iguodala. But Iguodala's not playing like the same role he used to play, is he? I think no, no, and he's not. But like, I think at the same time, if those influencers are still around the team, like, um, you know, I think with that, with the guys still there, <laughs> I think they still have a shot. Like, they just found a way to replace these guys with other role, competent role players, Jordan Poole, um. Uh, Gary Payton the second, yeah, not Maja Bielitsa, right? Yeah, Andre, uh, Andrew Wiggins. Like these guys are like they're competent enough now. Where it's like, let's go. Like we, I think we can t- safely say though, we would love a playoff series between these two, man. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh my god, I would love to see a. <coughs> <clears throat> like I want to see Chris Paul and um, Devin Booker versus Steph and Clay. Like those oh. two backcourts are like the b- top two in the West. Yeah, and it's not like the Warriors can't like the they're like one of the few teams in the what's it called in the uh, NBA that if they try to if, if Golden State tries to go small, they have a competent big man who will punish you if you try to go small. Oh yeah, Ay- Ayton would cook the Warriors if he if they um wanted to go small. Yeah, I don't know I if he'll he cook Draymond, but he he's um one thing Ayton can do is he can, he's very good at using his body. Yeah, and dude, <clears throat> how is I'm sorry, how is Dre gonna stop a pick and roll? Like he's not, he's not gonna stop that. They all they have to do is loft it in the air. Well, I understand he has that the wingspan, but bro, uh, DeAndre Ayton is throwing down that ball. No, Draymond Draymond's got a wingspan, but like, dude, it, it took. Giannis barely blocked Aiton's lob, and Giannis is like a f- extreme freak of nature. Yeah, and Draymond's nowhere near Giannis, so I'm yeah. sorry, Draymond. Like, he's not gonna he's not gonna lock up Aiton, and that's just because of size. That has nothing to do with like basketball skill or anything. That's just because Aiton knows how to use his size, and and um, unlike other big men, 
but we'll see, right? We'll see. Like, we'll see, I'm yeah. not, yeah, because with Golden State, you never know. They could, uh, it, uh, they could always game plan to figure out something to do. But like, listen, in theory, like we've got to, like, especially if Steph is still playing the way he is, like Draymond is still playmaking, <clears throat> role players are still playing well. Like, we've got to see. That's a good series to have, man. That's our Western Conference Finals. That'd be lovely. Like I couldn't even. I could be. I couldn't be happier. People are asking for like Warriors, Lakers, and I. I understand that'd be cool. That'd be a good series. But I, like for the bat for a basketball savant like ourselves, sometimes man, like I'm here for that shit. Like I'm here for. I'm here for. I'm here for both series. Honestly, yeah. Lakers aren't going to be a top seed at this rate. So like we could see like a, a Lakers Warriors and Lakers Suns or Warriors Suns. I would love to see Lakers Suns. Honestly, that shit would be awesome. Like I want to as an ECF, a West, a w, WCF. Or I just want to, just in general, I want to see a series. Like I would love to see if the Lakers played the Suns in the first round. Let's just say, and then like they they made their way to play the Warriors and the Clippers. So, like if the Lakers could somehow play the Warriors, Clippers, and Suns in the playoffs, that'd be that'd be like one. And they win, that'd be such an insane playoff run. Just because those three teams are loaded, and then like. It's just it's just such a good matchup for the three of them to play with each other. Yeah. You know, like seeing AD versus like Aiden or like not Aiden, but like seeing how like the Suns are going to def- would defend AD or how, seeing how the Lakers would throw around different lineups to defend the Suns. Like Lakers are another team that can also like switch their lineup on the go. Yeah. You know, they they can they can go to small, they can go to big, you know, whatever it is. They they can match you. In a way, when health when when they click, right now they just look out of sync. But that's a different topic. Yeah, yeah. Put some uh, like the NBA to put some respect on their name. Winners of thirteen straight wins. Good team, really good team. Hopefully they go far <laughs> again in the playoffs. Really like yeah. I. Uh, oh, you want to finish up with uh, your last topic, and then we'll have mine, and then we call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my last topic is going to be the Hornets. All right. Um, so I I think that this Charlotte team, contrary to what I believed to early in the season, they have actually looked a lot better than I thought. And a lot of the credit, honestly, I feel like has to go to um, just Bridges' development. And I know we talked about it earlier, so I'm not going to go too much into it because I know you covered him in an earlier episode, but... Um, I did not expect him to be averaging like you know twenty two, twenty three points a game when like everyone's healthy. Like the 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 four um four of the starting five like Bridges, Ball, Hayward, and Rozier, all four of them are capable of playing off the ball and on the ball. Like they can take you off the dribble, they can take you, they can uh, catch and shoot, they can play make, they can handle. Like having four dudes in your starting lineup that can do that on a team. In like a maybe nine or ten man rotation is pretty insane. Yeah, and, and they're so like, young too, man. Yeah, Bridges, Ball, Hayward, Rosie, and they have Buck Nine on the bench who's not even yeah. playing yet. Yeah, like I know we. I remember you talked about PJ Washington starting, but I'm not gonna lie. Like Mason Plumlee's been playing pretty good off the in the starting lineup. Mm. He's averaging like seven points, seven rebounds, <laughs> a block, and a steal. And like I feel like for this starting five. It would hurt PJ to start only because, like, he's not going to get the touches that, like, he would need to produce. Because he's also, like, another guy who needs... He's not really a guy who's going to, like, stand in the corner and shoot the whole time. Even though he could do that. But he's someone who generally is going to need the ball a little bit more to to have some production. Dude, that's a Gobert team. 
that's a candidate if they ever decide to blow it up in Utah, if they wanted to trade Gobert, that's a team that could use Rudy Gobert. Not even that. The the Jazz could use PJ big time. Yeah. You imagine the center for this Jazz team with Pascal and like you know um, O'Neal and all that. Yeah. Because PJ, I mean PJ doesn't have the height, but he's got the he he's got the size kind of like he's he's a strong dude. Yeah. Um, and he can shoot threes and everything, but no. But this Hornets team though, uh, I know you hate on him, but Kelly Oubre is a solid addition off their bench. It's um, not that, okay. Let, let, let me get, let me settle this. It's not that I hate him. I think I just think that he's like he just hijacks the offense a lot, and I think the bench unit is the perfect place for him. He can't start. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. He can't start because he does his thing a little bit too much. But when he does mm. his th- like thing, when he's like hustling, throwing down, throwing down uh, dunks, when he's driving into the paint. When he's hitting his 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 uh, his corner threes, like mm-hmm. that's when we got a player. But like the the inconsistency is why he hasn't found like a solid role in the NBA. And if he like accepted him as himself as a bench player, man, I think he could be really good. It's just like sometimes he just wants to, you know, he's kind of, he's a flashy guy, you know. Maybe like, I think he oh, has kind of accepted it though this year at least. You think? Well, I think he got really humbled in the off season because, like, he definitely did, like he, it took <laughs> no a lot. Yeah, it took. You think about it. It took a uh, it took the like it took him a little while to get signed by the Hornets. I mean, it's a great place for him. Mm. They understand how the league works. They're trying to bring in all these wings and shit. Mm. So, One thing I don't like with Charlotte is like their depth is kind of uh, wishy washy to me because like they're winning games, but like. Their depth, like, 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 look at this. Like, they have Jalen McDaniels getting kind of in the rotation just because PJ's out. They have Nick Richards there, all young guys. They're like Vernon Carey, you have GT Thor, and Kai Jones. Like, you have all these options who are all these young guys. You don't really have like a definitive like backup center or powerful. Oh, well, you have PJ Washington, but you don't really have like a backup center or like a backup guy. Like, they're right now, their second unit is like Ish Smith, Kelly Oubre. Um, I would assume Cody Martin because it's Kelly yeah. Oubre twice, yeah, like Cody yeah, Martin. Yeah. yeah, like PJ and like Vernon. I think Vernon Carey should get minutes, but he's not for some reason. But Is like, he a two? He right now, well, right now on ESPN, Nick Richards is rated higher than Vernon Carey in the depth chart, and I never really, I don't know if Nick Richards is good or not. Um, Jalen wow. McDaniels is rated is is apparently not that bad according to depth chart because he's like third power forward. So, I mean, like, the problem with their bench to me is, like, they have a lot of, like, plugins who are kind of, like, will they, won't they? Like, will they be good tonight or are they going to be, like, scrubs? And some of that just has to do with age. Like, Nick Richards is only a second season. So, like, I get it. Same with, like, Vernon Carey. But, like, you know, like, in court, and uh, Cody Martin's, like, like, he's a good player, but he's not, like, you know, a regular rotation guy. He's yeah, someone who's yeah, more yeah. like an dude. Or if you need defense, you put him in. Yeah. So, like, I feel like they lack some rotational pieces. Uh, maybe, you know, you should play PJ more because I know his minutes are lower for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to understand why his minutes are so low, bro. He had such a good year last year. I feel like it just has to, there's got to be something injury wise that we don't know about. But he's still not injured. He's playing right now, though, right? 
He's playing, but his minutes just lower. Like, I'm just trying to find out why. Like, when you have, like, Hayward and LaMelo and Rosier, guys who can, like, really run the floor, you would think that, like, an undersized center who's athletic would be per- and can shoot would be perfect. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it, and it's not like he was, like, he's a, he's a, he was drafted with the 12th overall pick. So it's not like this guy is, like, is a kind of crucial to you, like, your, your future. Yeah. Yeah, oh. it's weird, but it's definitely weird. But this Charlotte team, though, like I think they're gonna be insane in the next like two years, just because like they're they're a team who like underratedly has a lot of good talent. Yeah, just like sneaky young talent. Like I know we talk about Atlanta and like Golden State and all that, and like OKC, but like like Buck Knights there. We have uh, Kai Jones, and we have like Vernon Carey, and we have um all these like other dudes on the bench, like PJ Washington from you know too. They have a bunch of young dudes who can, like, break out all of a sudden the way Miles did. So, like, I think that they're going to be really good going forward. Yeah, especially that this is how they're playing, like, right when their roster looks like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's, that's my um, thoughts on the Hornets. Yeah, I just think those guys, like Kai, I was just watching a video today, and it's just like, you know, they send they send the guy, um, they send Book Knight and Kai Jones to the, to the Euro, uh, to the, um, to the uh what's it called what do they call it uh to the g league and then they mm-hmm. expect them to come back the same night to go play the games Ooh, i don't know about that that's what i'm saying some dude was like yo i feel bad for these guys i was like oh my god yeah so i mean that's too much i mean they sent into a g league part of that is because you want their conditioning to get better too so like and get well, touches, at the very least, man. If they have the conditioning you want them to maintain it you don't want to like make them work harder than they need to yeah. Yeah. Unless it's like a playoff game and you need men, you shouldn't be like, or a must win game. You really shouldn't be forcing guys who just play in the G League game to like come into like the regular the regular game also. At yeah, that point, just, like, you just give them a regular just, contract. Yeah, it's just not even that. Like, I understand the two way, but it's just like, don't, don't just have them come up there. At least give them playing time. Like, I don't even know if I've seen Kai Jones on the court. I've seen Book Knight, I think, maybe in garbage time once. But, like, th- that's, like, nothing, man. Yeah, honestly, like, because I haven't really been watching a whole lot of basketball outside the Knicks in general. So, like, when I look up, like, you know, Book Knight or, like, Brandon Boston and all these guys who I thought are going to do good the rookie year. To be fair, Boston, Boston has kind of cracked the, uh, the rotation. I saw – I was watching him against um, – I think it was – Portland, and he had gotten into the rotation. Mm. But like, you remember how Cam, how good Cam Thomas looked this um in the off season and all that. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, we're not they're not, they're not playing him for some like he's not getting minutes. But like, why? I don't know. That's I mean, my to thing. Be fair, like, who's, they're, who's getting more minutes over him? They don't even have Kyrie. It's Mills. It's that's one. Like, who's who's their starting point? I mean, Harden and Harris start, and Brown. Oh, okay, yeah, Harden and Harris Brown start. But, like, is Cam Thomas just not getting minutes? I mean, I thought he was yeah. going to put in, like, 12, 13 points a game this year or something. I don't know. That's weird. I mean, they're, they're what are they, 13 and 5 or something? Yeah, they're winning, but, like, they're one of those teams that are winning, but, like, there's something wrong with them. Like, like they don't look like they're, they're going to do good in the playoffs. Like, they look like they're about to collapse or something. Just, like, their defense doesn't look, like, sturdy. Well, this is based on a couple of days ago. I haven't watched them like recent recently, but like the de- like I remember in like the Ringer podcast, someone mentioned that Blake is their best defender as of like that moment, which is really bad. Yeah, it's not good. Definitely not good. Yeah, 
but yeah, um, any thoughts, last thoughts on um, the Hornets? Uh, no, I mean, I just think that they're, um, I just like them a lot. They, they definitely uh, progressed quicker than I thought they would, and most of that has to do with uh, Miles. I think LaMelo kind of, uh, I mean, he had a 31-point game to start the season, and he's had, he's had big games. He's kind of like RJ, where like, he'll have these like, big like, games, like 30 points, 9 rebounds, like 8 assists, something like that. But he'll also have games where he'll have like, 5 points, too. So like, yeah. if he could just like, become a little more uh, consistent as a scorer, which he very much could be, I think um, this team could be like, a lot better. But then again, like I don't, I haven't watched a film breakdown, so I don't know if he's inconsistent. He's more inconsistent scoring because, like you know, you have like Bridges and Hayward and Rozier all putting in points too, or if it's like uh, if he's just struggling. Like I haven't watched the whole footage, so I don't want to like definitively say anything. But I, I, I think this team can be really good, like in the near future. They look a lot better than I thought they'd be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, definitely, it's not now. Uh, but definitely in the next couple of years, they're going to figure it out. Miles is on a good trajectory. Um, Lamelo is Lamelo. Terry Rozier is still good. As long as Gordon Hayward stays healthy, they'll be okay. And just forget to figure out, like, you know, would they have a good, they have a, you know, average center. I don't know in Mason, but if they got, like, a stud there, man, like, if they brought in someone, imagine they brought in someone like Gobert, like, really yeah. cooking with some gas. Imagine the lobs, man. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they need, too. Just, like, they don't need, hand- they have so many handlers, so, like, having, yeah. you can get away with having just a Gobert. And, and you can get away with his lack of offense, too. When you yeah, got, you like... definitely get away with his lack of offense. And it's not like, it, with um, Borrego, it's not like he can't. He won't. He has no problem going without a traditional five. Like he has no problem doing that. Yeah. Like hell, if uh, if Gobert isn't isn't playing good, you can always put in PJ. He's a he's someone who's like respectable enough to take over um, a starting game. You know, like he's not like Hassan Whiteside who's gonna start over. Um, uh, go, like you know, the Utah Jazz are almost never gonna start Hassan Whiteside over Rudy Gobert unless Gobert is coming off injury. Yeah, but like you know, I can see the Hornets starting PJ for a game just because he does something that Gobert doesn't. Whereas Whiteside's kind of the same thing, if anything worse. Yeah, these are all obviously <laughs> all hypotheticals and shit. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this I can actually see happening. Yeah, obviously, if it like shit goes south for Utah, yeah, dude. If they, I feel like if they don't get to the Western Conference Finals, or if they don't have like a hard fought win in the uh, the semis, like mm-hmm. or a hard fought series in the semis, like I think it's it may it, it could be soon to break it up, man. Yeah, I could see that too. So yeah, uh, we're going to our last topic. Sacramento Kings, man. <laughs> he just recently fired Luke Walton. About goddamn time. Yeah, about damn time. But he's just like, why now, man? Why, if you were going to fire, clearly, if how many games we're in, are we in? We're like 20 games in, I want to say, and give or take. 20 games into the season, you already had thoughts in the offseason of uh what's it called of a firing uh a firing him you already had the thought 
So, like, I don't want to hear this shit, man. Like, oh, my God, like, we're not getting the optimal performance out of our players. You kind of knew this going into the season. Why didn't you fire him? Like, I just don't understand what they thought was going to be different. Seriously. What, what, they didn't even do anything crazy to the roster. They brought in Davion, and then who else? Like, who else did they bring? Um, they brought back people. That's about it. They, they took Bagley out the rotation for some reason, but that's that's a different I – don't, I, I still don't I know why they did that. It just, like, it baffles me that this, this organization just keeps tripping over themselves and doesn't seem to know what they're doing. Like, no, you're not a stable organization if you have to fire your coach when you already had thoughts about firing him in the offseason. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, with the Kings right now, I just they're, – they're such a mess, and it's like – we're we're gonna see a Marvin Bagley trade, and then we're gonna be like, oh, like why did they wait this long to trade him? And it's like this is exactly the same question we've been asking. Like, dude, Luke Walton should have been fired like a year and a half ago. Agreed. I hundred percent right? like, agree. It, it just doesn't make. Dave, David Yeager takes his team to a nine seed, and they barely missed the playoffs. They missed up by like a game or two in in eighteen nineteen. Like Yeager did a really good job coaching this team, and Fox broke out and everything, and he'll look really good. Like. This team looked like they were actually heading somewhere for once, right? And then, because like they've been horrible for the last God knows how long. So like the fact that they were actually exciting to watch, for the fact that I watched them, I barely even watched basketball, but I was watching the Kings that year. So uh, like, I just wanted to correctify: they missed the playoffs by like nine games. Oh, did they? Yeah. Did they have like forty? Did they have like forty-one wins? At thirty-nine. Oh wait, how? What was the eight seed that year? The Clippers. I think that's the that's the uh what's it called? That's like the uh Lou Will, Montres Harrell, Tobias oh. Harris, Shamit. How yeah. many wins did the Clippers have? Clippers had forty eight. Oh shit, okay, I take that back. I remember the Kings were an eight seed at one point. It was like earlier in the season. And oh, I believe like, you. Yeah, I definitely believe you that they were yeah. an eight seed. But still like thirty nine wins for the Kings, I mean Compared to like the years before when they just been god awful and they're like their pace was up there and everything, so like they, like they fire Jaeger whatever reason they fire they they get Walton and it's just like everything just regressed the minute Walton started coaching, but like it's they just, waited this long to fire him, which just makes zero sense honestly. Exactly, bro, and it's just like bro, like we kind of knew it was a mirage in Golden State because like that team kind of took care of itself, right? And I knew he was a mirage in Golden State the minute like he, what the, his first I think his first year in LA I think it was seventeen dude. eighteen was his first year in LA and he just wasn't like no I'm sorry sixteen seventeen was I'm not gonna blame for sixteen seventeen but dude seventeen eighteen like we saw the the sign remember the whole Lonzo treatment he would have where he'd like bench Lonzo out of nowhere for no exactly. reason yeah we saw I mean, that in like in a in um flash of that in seventeen eighteen. Just like, and I, I, we talked about this with Dre last week. It's just like they didn't have like a forty-win team. Here, no, they didn't have above thirty wins. They almost won. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, the nineteen twenty year, we had to be careful with the the bubble stuff, like the the COVID year, because like the games are lower. But yeah. like, uh, I'm I'm sure like if you look at their percentage, uh, and like compare it to an eighty-two game season, their percentage is probably in the thirty-win range. If anything, I doubt it was higher than that because they were god awful that year. 
it's just like this team doesn't seem to learn from its mistakes and it's so it's just so annoying yeah i hate i hate seeing players like fox just get wasted on a shitty team like this yeah like buddy yield used to be one of the most, <laughs> like what like 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 a, such a motivated guy. And I'm sure he still is, but it's just like how demoralizing is, is it that like you you were paid to be a starting shooting guard and you don't even start anymore now. Well, t- yeah, I mean, at this point, um, to be fair with Buddy Heald, it's he he and the organization haven't gotten along for a, yeah. a while, so and like I, I can see why he lost his job. Yeah, because like I, he's better than Hall- Halliburton should be on the bench. I don't think he should be starting. But I think I think Halliburton should be on the bench while also playing with Fox during the game. Like you know what I mean? Because mm. he's someone he's someone who can also run their offense on the bench, and he fits with Davion way better than um Heald does as a handler. Just because Davion, I know he's like I saw the comparison. People compared him to like Kemba. People compared him to Marcus Smart because he's honestly he's like one of the those weird players who's like. He's like he's like the, a super a two way player, right? Like he can either be he can be a really good like scorer off the dribble, and he can also be an elite defender. So it's like really weird how I view him. Yeah, it's it's just like I feel so bad for that kid, man. Like he just yeah. got, he just came off of winning a national championship with Baylor, and now he's got to suffer these fucking tormented years now in Sacramento, man. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, like, um, the Bengals and, like, in, in football, how they, like, turn everything around in, like, a season. Hopefully, like, you know, they get a legitimately ne- nice and new coaching hire. Um, there are some good candidates out there still. Like, I know from last year's coaching hunting, I've been looking into it. Like, there are some candidates. Like, I know Charles Lee from the Bucks is still there. I know he's responsible for, like, Middleton and, and Giannis's, like, offensive schemes and all that. So like, I I hope this team just makes the right coaching hire for Fox and and everybody, and not just goes with like the prettiest name in the market. Yeah, I mean, right now I think Alvin Gentry's has taken over, so that's perfect. So you know we'll see. Like hopefully they get back to that high octane <laughs> offense that like he showed in Phoenix and parts. Oh of, yeah. Uh, Parts of uh, New Orleans, so dude, that that is the perfect coach because like yeah. he he's not only is he a players coach, which is exactly what they need right now. Yeah, but like yeah, like you said, he he's a very he's a more of a fast paced kind of coach, and that's kind of like like I honestly could see Bagley getting more touches with with him, um, just because like Bagley can is like one of the few big men that can like really run the floor and effectively like you know when when he's like zoned in the game like can effectively be run the floor with uh with Fox. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good thing about coaches. Uh new coaches coming into like uh a new team, like everyone gets a fresh slate, you know? Like you get a different chance to re- redeem yourself. Mm. So, hopefully with that, like with Gentry taking over, like Bagley will um Bagley will uh, have a hopefully a revitalization because um as much as I give him shit, it just like sucks that like you know, he gets shit on for being the second overall pick in a draft that included Luka Doncic. And um, while, like, at least Aiton won't receive any of the blame because at least his team has gone far, like, Bagley will, um, you know, with the injury problems and all the off-court stuff does, definitely doesn't help him. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean they can't. I, let's, I mean, I just hope they figure it out at this point. I would, I would love to see like maybe they go for. I'd like to see a new coaching hire. Maybe I don't know if Gentry's like their long term answer, but for for a transition between Luke and a new coach, I think Gentry's like the perfect dude. Yeah, he's definitely not like head coaching material though for a contender because just because like we've seen him in New Orleans and he's just. You know, he's too player-friendly. I don't think he's going to, like, know when to take a player out when they're, you know, shitting the bed or something. Yeah. I, it's just figuring out the balance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right now, they're 6-12. and 12. Listen, they can... That's not listen, bad, they, yeah. It's not bad. And, like, the other thing is, like, listen, the Minnesota Timberwolves are sitting right now with 8-9 record. They can easily get back into the play-in. You know? They're battling... Yeah. They're bad if they're battling teams like oh, OKC's actually has a better record than them. So OKC has <laughs> But if they're battling the Timberwolves, OKC, San I don't even know if San Antonio's trying to win, bro. They only have they, four wins. They yeah. I have not been watching their games, honestly. They started off the year like not bad. Yeah, but then well, I don't know what happened. I don't know. But um yeah, like listen, Sacramento is the I, listen, it's going to be between... I just feel like eventually OKC will, you know, they'll eventually stop sucking. Uh, they'll eventually start sucking. And then, um, you know, Minnesota and uh, Sacramento will be those guys trying to fight to get into the uh, the 10th seed. So, see how it goes. Because I do not see... I don't see the Rockets ever winning. And I don't see New Orleans winning unless Zion decides to come back. Don't the Rockets have, like, two wins or something? They have one. They're one in 16. Yeah, that dude. The Rockets and, like, the Pelicans, like, the bottom of the West right now and, like, the 10 seed, I feel like there's, like, a little bit of a gap. So, like, yeah, like, we don't, we don't have to worry about the Pelicans or the Rockets going for that 10 spot. Uh, yeah, if you're the Sacramento Kings, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> I Sad. mean, if if they do turn, I would like to see them turn around, though. Like, if, if Fox all of a sudden is playing a lot better and healed is, like, you know, more invested in the team or, is, you know, isn't there's not much tension. Because I know Gentry can, like, kind of repair that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I would love to see that. Like, I, I just want to see growth in general for this team. Yeah. It's just, uh, you just, there's only so many years the Kings can be bad, you know? Yeah. So, hopefully they figure it out. But it's an, yeah. it's, it's, it's an institutional thing. It's an organizational dysfunction. It's very hard to solve, man. Very hard to solve. Yep. I agree. Yeah, is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, that's basically it. Alright, I think uh, we could, we could end it on that. Today, today was a calm pod. No, nothing crazy, um, not too controversial. cordial on this talk. Nothing, nothing too controversial yet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you like to plug your socials? Yeah, sure. Uh, Instagram is at dlowkey99. Um, my Twitter is at d underscore lowkey99. Uh, also, you can follow this podcast at pr- the Priggy Smalls Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we don't have a Twitter, do we? No, I no, don't think we, don't. we need a Twitter for... Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm at uh, Dark Steve five nine zero on Twitter and uh, on IG I'm st five nine zero. Yeah, uh, we're 
We'll uh, be trying to see if we put out some content a little bit after Thanksgiving. Um, trying to see if uh, if uh, we can get Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice, yeah. You know, it's definitely tough, but uh, trying. Lester's almost over, though, so, you know, we'll see him soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh... Have a wonderful... To get a... Yeah, okay. have a good Thanksgiving. Is that what you were Have a wonderful say? Thanksgiving. Don't get trampled on Black Friday. Stay... Oh, yeah, stay safe, safe, yo. Stay safe. Just online Dude. shop at this point. It's such bro. a waste of time going in person. Those videos down south are wild, bro. What were the videos? Just like people fucking trampling on each other for fucking TVs and yeah, Xbox and PlayStation. It's wild. I'm not gonna lie though. You know me. I'm a sicko. So sometimes you got. I would like to be there for one day just to experience it. I don't even need to be shopping for anything. <laughs> you know, honestly, I just I just want to see two people in public just fight. Like I want to see like <laughs> like objects thrown at each other, but like I don't want to be involved in. it. I just want to see it happen. Like you know when like. You worked in like retail, you know, when like two customers just start getting at it verbally. Oh, yeah, you just start watching, you're like, Well, it's getting interesting, you know? Yeah, you yeah, don't want to yeah. stop it, but then all of a sudden the manager comes in and breaks up, they're like, Oh, it's like kind of missed out on an opportunity here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see what happens if they don't intervene. I want to see some like hands being thrown. Yeah, some it'll be nice, it'll be nice, yeah. But I don't well, want to yeah. see someone get trampled to death or some shit like that. Nah, just... nah. We don't need this Travis Scott, uh, Travis Scott concert shit. Yeah, that shit was that shit also fucked up, too. Yeah, that's fucked yeah. up. But yeah. Uh, yeah There's so much shit happening right now. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, yeah. I'll try to get a picture for the pod. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely think I'm maybe Blitz when I come in. I'm going to have my sister drive with me there. <laughs> uh, man, I'll be coming from work, so it's gonna be fun. Oh damn! All right, no, no. all right, man. All right, peace out, y'all. Peace out, Joe.